Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. Welcome back to the Young and Adulting Podcast. It's season five. Wow. We are here. (laughs) We are back. We are joined. He's going to hate this by the one, the only, Pastor Ryan McDermott, somebody who does not need an introduction. But if you would like one, Pastor Ryan uh, looks over all our family ministries yeah. here at Christ Fellowship, is a sneakerhead, an <laughs> avid traveler. Closet, closet sneakerhead. I don't know. <laughs> not so I don't much. know what the qualifications are, but I think that, uh, well. Compared you, to you, yeah, I might compared be a sneakerhead. Maybe yeah. compared to you. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to be talking through his new resource and book called Unbound. If you don't have it, make sure you get it. We're going to be spending a couple episodes with some of our college students talking through this. This resource has wow. been really powerful yep. and just excited. And just really thank you for providing this resource. And I know so many lives across the country are being changed by it. And so really, if you're listening, our hope is really that you would be welcome and you would join in on the conversation and be a part of what God's doing in this resource. And you're welcome at this table. And so we're going to jump into the conversation. Let's go. But before we do that, uh, I just kind of shared your sneakerhead, avid traveler. I'm, I'm missing some stuff. I know I am. Maybe some fun facts about you, Ooh. maybe family, and then kind of what led you into the process of, of writing this, yeah. um, the journey in that, and uh, we'll get going. Yeah, fun facts, oh, pressure. Uh, my wife, Christine, and I, we've been married 15 years. We've Let's got go. two kiddos at home, Declan's eight, Kinley's five uh, right now. And yeah, you mentioned we love to travel, so I think I'm at five continents. Got two more to go. That's so cool. I want to check those off. And uh, fun fact, I have split my chin open nine times in the nine. exact same spot. Yep. Why? Uh, I mean, various I reasons. Yeah, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why? Why wouldn't to? <laughs> uh, one time I did it twice in one day. Okay. So fell off my bike in the morning on the way to school, went, got stitched up, and uh, in the afternoon I was playing baseball and went to get a ball out of the back of a truck and I fell off and split it again. No. Same joker stitched me up again. I bet he had deja vu that day. (laughs) He was like, you just set a record. (laughs) So amazing. Fun fact. Awesome. This resource uh, has been something that's really come together, man, over the better part of a decade, honestly. So it's a bit surreal to even talk about it today or see it in in print. Um, But yeah, just started as a a message, like a sermon, um, actually for a local Christian school here. Uh, from having conversations with students who are really dealing with some significant, serious struggle and uh, just asking the Lord of what would be an encouragement to them. And so uh, shared a a message uh, at the the King's Academy at one of their chapels and heaven just kind of opened up and came down and it was, it was a powerful experience. And, uh, and so something started then and, and it was over the course of a couple of years of like, Returning to that for different things. I'm not a writer at, at all. We have people on our team who are incredible writers. Um, I just I would make the difference. say stuff. Uh, but it was like, so I never really felt called to write anything. But I felt like as I had conversations or people would remember that message over years or different things, it was like, okay, there's more in this yep. than like a 30-minute sermon or yeah. something. And so I just really felt pressed by the Lord to do something with it. Uh, and then over time, I just had some friends who kind of believed in me and were like, we want to do this with you. So we did it. Now it's out. That's, there's so <laughs> much in that. You said it was about like 10 years of yeah. kind of sitting on it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it was a long time uh, of just the Lord 
expanding the idea and and teaching me about like uh, it's something you have to live yep, through yeah, yeah. before you can talk about. Yep. So uh, the Lord bringing healing and freedom to my life, the Lord just stirring different things in me. And then, yeah, over time, uh, felt like it's come together where it was maybe now finally kind of almost worth sharing. And oh. so we put it out there. That's amazing. But I also think like so cool that the word of God is active and yeah. alive and like just a testimony of 10 years really yeah. of you just like living out this word, the word speaking to you. And um, I think that's really encouraging just for our young adults to hear as well. Yes. Like there's a reason why you should keep reading your Bible. Yeah. Like you will continue <laughs> yeah. to get revelation yeah. just because yeah. you read it one time. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're done. The Lord well, and I, I mean, you. I read the story of Lazarus a lot, yeah. you know, yeah. and then, and then literally one day as I'm like thinking about this conversation with these students and what the Lord might want to say to them, like read that same old familiar story, which if there's like a, a challenge, I think with some of this material is like people think they know the story of Lazarus, mm-hmm. but there's actually a lot more there than we, we typically understand. So anyway, I'll never forget like sitting at my desk, reading this story and like stopping, like, Oh my gosh. Like I just, I saw something that I had not seen before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love that about God's words. Like you can read the same thing a million mm-hmm. times. Suddenly. Suddenly, you know, yeah. but yeah. not so suddenly, you know, totally. like it's, it's like that, that, that overtime yeah, it's period. It's amazing. So yeah. well, that ministers so much to me. And I think just encourages so many people because you're talking about like 10 years of sitting on something and just like, I mean, you're talking probably what mid early mid twenties, getting something, sitting on it, kind of letting, letting it yeah. marinate and yeah. uh, that's just so encouraging that like if the, the weight is worth it, I mean, we don't have to go all the way in that direction, but I just know for People are listening like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do yeah. that. Like, man, like how yeah. it's surreal like to kind of even sit next to you or you're like, this is something that, I was you know, 26. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's that's really cool. Yeah. 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 And I think also, too, in like, I know like the whole like chat GTP phrase is like, it's really big right now. But like, hey, write me a book on this. And like suddenly it like downloads and you're like, oh, I could do this and I can create something. But like to see, no, like there's experience behind it. There's mm. like life behind it. And especially when talk about God's word, like yeah. I think hearing from people like you pastor around that have lived this word, that have walked this word, it has so much more meaning, so much more power behind it as well. And I think this is an encouragement for us. It's just like, all right, like God is doing something through us. And I know 10 years ago, you didn't even, you didn't even see this of like, man, what, what could it yeah, be? For sure. Not. <laughs> but now looking at it, it's, it's pretty incredible. Here we are. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, pastor, Ron, I, I want to ask you a question. Um, We've been kind of going going through your book, just looking, and um, I highlighted this one page. It's right in the beginning, but it talks about a lot of I am statements um, that Jesus makes all throughout the Gospel of John, and yeah. you really highlight those as really the intro to your book of yeah. who Jesus is, and I'd just love to know what, why are those I am statements so important and how much weight they hold um, in Scripture, and then also just in the story of, of Lazarus and yeah. and. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think all of God's word is important, obviously, but, uh, you know, we have to look very closely at the things that Jesus said and specifically the things that Jesus said about himself. And, uh, I think there's a lot of people who would even say things like, you know, Jesus never claimed to be God as an example. And you're like, well, he actually did, you know, Mm -hmm. like he, he made some pretty emphatic and clear statements about who he was, you know? And so you don't say things like, uh, I'm the good shepherd or I'm the bread of life or I'm the resurrection and the life or without 
simultaneously claiming to be God. Yeah. Uh, and so that's really why, why we talk about it kind of in the beginning of everything is like, let's understand the person of Jesus and who he claims to be and why, therefore, this story about Lazarus matters, right? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, the reason that one of the reasons, I wouldn't claim to know God's re- intention exhaustively, but one of the reasons that Jesus even performs miracles is to uh, demonstrate the claims that he has made. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just like, I'm God. It's like, oh, and by the way, watch this. You know, right. so, so he says as an example in John 11, he's like, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Now watch this. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, there's, he, there's weight. There's weight. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so just going through those statements, I think is the, is the clearest explanation that Christ himself gives us of who he is. Uh, and, and you could take any one of them and understand something about Jesus. But if you if you take all of them um, and, and you really look at those statements, I think it, it communicates a lot. So that's kind of why we start there, just the, with the weight of Jesus's words and what he's really intending to communicate. Cause it's not about the miracles. Yeah. Right. It's, it's more specifically about who Jesus is. And the miracles are supplemental in a way. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's also just a, it's an overflow of his character. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's what like, you kind of hit on it. If you, if you know who Jesus is, then these things are going to be expected. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, you're right. It does put weight because anyone can say anything, you know, totally. You, you can, yeah, you can talk Make all and, kinds of claims. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. it's kind of like the, well, can you prove it? Yeah. You know, and, G- and he you know did. What, and he did. Yeah. Um, and I think that it also just puts so much trust in a God that he, he speaks, but he also proves of like, this is who I am. That's right. Which is absolutely amazing. Yep. Yeah. When you think about the I am statements, maybe which, of some of the statements were the most profound in your own journey in life and coming to that, grasping that reality of some of those, those statements, you know, like, yeah. What were some of the ones that hit you? Gosh, um, there's a lot of them. I, you know, I rattled off a couple, I think each of them I've tried to spend quite a bit of time just understanding, you know, I think that would be a, a, a fun exercise in scripture, but I'm, I mean, Obviously, I'm the resurrection and the life is the one that has gripped me the most out of this story of Lazarus, which is really, you know, where this really, really comes from. But um, I think one, because I saw it true in my own life, you know, like um, it's you guys kind of know my story, but like I didn't grow up knowing the Lord. I didn't grow up in in a Christian home. Uh, and so all of that led me to a place where like, especially the summer after sixth grade, like lonely, isolated, depressed, wanting to end my life, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, but then I met Jesus, yeah. you know, and, and I experienced life and I experienced the power of resurrection. Uh, and so it was something that was true in, in my own life. The other reason that it was so powerful is like, uh, we probably all remember the first person in our lives who meant something significant to us and and we lost them maybe yeah. you know they mm-hmm. passed away or whatever uh and and i remember like the first person that i lost that that really impacted me was my great grandmother and uh and and i was pretty little at the time but i remember these words being spoken at her funeral wow. i'm the resurrection and life mm-hmm. anyone who lives will believes in me will live even after dying and it just gave me such peace and hope i didn't yet know jesus yeah. I didn't yet know that what they were saying was true, but it gave me hope and peace in that moment. And so I just, even not being a believer, still saw the power of God's word. Uh, and so that's one that's really gripped me over time, obviously. That's great. You talk about even with the story of Lazarus, you know, Mary and Martha, they they have a, a hope that Jesus will come. Yeah. He doesn't come on their timeline. They're devastated. And yeah. 
I think a lot of us struggle with that idea of timeline and God showing up on our, on our terms and uh, thinking that Jesus is late. Maybe speak to, to that, yeah. of like those who feel like they're in a waiting season or that God's late, where is he? You yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, we don't get a whole lot of indication of like how long Lazarus was sick in mm-hmm. this story in right. scripture, you know, so it, it could have been a while before they reached out yeah. to Jesus, maybe not. So uh, I don't know if it was like their their last resort or their first response, right. you know, but mm-hmm. by the, either way, when they do finally present their problem to Jesus, you know, they get a promise. Uh, he's like, the sickness will not end in death, but then it does. Yeah. So like their waiting period is like, oh, I had a word from God and it seemingly is not true, you know, yeah. and they have a decision to make in that moment. Like, is the promise still true? Is, is Jesus still good, you know, yep. or is this really the end? And mm-hmm. it's not what he said it would be. Um, and so, you know, when Jesus shows up, the, the two sisters kind of have a similar response, but different, you know, one runs out and, and berates him mm-hmm. like, where were you? Why weren't you here? You know, and the other one, I'm filling in some blanks here, but is seemingly so distraught, she can't even get up to come out and see him. Yeah. You know? uh, and so they handle their waiting very differently. Um, but, you know, I think part of the beauty of this story is it communicates to us that, like, even when uh, things seem dead, like, there's nothing too dead for Jesus, right? Like, even yeah. when it seems like the promise has not yet been realized. Uh, God is still good and his word is still true. And so clinging on to those things, you know, we see in Mary and Martha that God, even beyond our time frames, even when we think uh, time is up, you know, yep. God can still move. Uh, and the idea that we talk about a little bit is like, you know, it, tradition would teach them at the time, Jewish tradition at the time would teach them that the spirit of a man or woman would hover around the body for up to three days. So they believed in resurrection and there's actually recorded resurrections like in, in Jewish historical works and different things. They actually believed rabbis had the power to raise people from the dead. So they have a little bit of hope even after Lazarus is gone. But yeah. everything about their worldview says like day four, this it's ain't over. It's over. It's gone. Like expiration date. Uh, and that's exactly when Jesus shows up, you know, and I, I love that little detail in scripture of like, you know, that Jesus arrived on the, on the fourth day. Uh, essentially declaring like it's never too late for God to do a miracle. Yeah. Uh, and so that's something that has helped me, you know, of like, man, you're praying for the same thing for years. You've given up hope that God would answer a prayer. Like you're in whatever your waiting period looks like. It's like, man, there's, it's never too late for God to do a miracle. So I think that's one of the things we see. Yeah. That's amazing. And I also think too, Pastor Ryan, you, you touched on it, but when we get a word from God, it's like, hold on to it. Never let it go. Yeah. Like it is it is a promise that will come true. And I love that even in Jesus' promise to them, he knew that their doubts were gonna be after day four. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. but that word that word from him was still true. It was yeah. still valid. It was still um everything they needed it to be. Yeah. Um and I think just for our listeners, just reminding ourselves, man, if we got a word from the Lord, yeah, hold on to it. For sure. And and you know, ultimately everything's not always going to work out the way that we think it should. Right. And and praise God, his perspective is different than ours because they were, they were wanting his physical sickness not to end in physical death. Jesus was speaking to a greater reality, you know, and going ultimately like, yeah, he was speaking to raising Lazarus back from the dead, but he was speaking about eternity, right? Like the hope that you have in Christ is like, even if your sickness ends in death, it actually doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was literally just talking to a woman who lost her husband this past week and through the tears, all she could say is like, I'm just so glad that we have hope in eternity, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's that it's like, 
you know, you will, we will lose people we love. We, death is a, a, a real thing in the world in which we live. It, it, by the way, did not exist in the world that God created. Yep. Uh, it was never meant to be part of the human experience, right. right? So we didn't need to be reborn because we were only ever supposed to be born, right? Like mm-hmm. there was no afterlife. There was only one life. Right. But in light of what we experience, Jesus is pointing to the greater reality that is eternity. Is like resurrection does happen. And yeah. if we are in Christ, we will too one day be raised from the dead uh, in that we'll experience eternity with him in heaven. So, so. Yeah, that's amazing. And Pastor Ryan would love to kind of touch... Um, just on, on what you just said there, um, that, that the death was never meant to be in the original equation. And um, in John chapter 11, verse 45, I always learned this as the shortest verse in Scripture, right? Jesus, Jesus wept. wept yeah. But they always say in the Greek, it's actually not that short. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jesus wept, and you kind of write a little bit about why those tears are, are so significant from Jesus. And would just love for you to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe the shortest, but arguably also one of the most significant verses in scripture, because Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about like the divinity of Jesus, but the fact that he was human, you know, the fact that he, he endured, that he felt, uh, disappointment or trauma Mm -hmm. or he, that he felt these things and that he expresses them in that way. Like that alone gives me hope is like, okay, it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel. It's like, which I just pretend I don't have feelings most of the time. So, (laughs) uh, so all of that is very helpful to me, but it, it like reshapes the story to think about, yes, Jesus is crying. But yet he knows what he's about to do in bringing Lazarus back from the dead. Like it actually doesn't really make sense. So it means that he's crying about something else. Like Mm. he's not crying about the thing you immediately assume he's crying about, which is like that his friend is dead because his friend is about to not be dead. Right. Um, So I think it's bigger than that. I think Jesus is weeping over what we just talked about, like the state of the world. It wasn't meant to be this way, you Mm -hmm. know, like it death and pain and sorrow and like it says all the people who were gathered around to like mourn with mary and martha jesus has compassion on them yeah and so he's he's weeping over heartbreak he's weeping over pain he's weeping over trauma he's weeping over this ought not to be um which i think is so encouraging for us because it it reminds us like god sits with us in our pain like the things that hurt us actually hurt him like he he identifies with us in that and there's a lot of scriptures we can point to but I think it's fascinating that scripture says like God is close to the brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. Like how does that work? Like that when you are brokenhearted, God is somehow mysteriously closer. Like that's beautiful. I don't understand it, but it's beautiful, you know, like, um, but that God, God is with us in our pain. And so I think Jesus weeps over the state of the, of the world. Um, and, and yet points us to the fact that resurrection is possible that we can overcome the things that were not meant to exist. How yeah. can we overcome them through the power of Jesus? Because we can have resurrection life. Um, so there's probably a lot we could talk about there, but I think it's really significant that we see the humanity and the divinity of God on full display in this moment. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that we could talk about there. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's a ton. Um, yeah. And I think it's so cool. Um, even our relationship with Jesus now, um, I know people always, they, they say, well, Jesus, you know, yeah, he was God. He doesn't know how I feel. And it's just mm-hmm. like, actually, no, when we go through scripture, you just pointed out like, no, he was fully human, fully God, but the emotions that he felt like, mm-hmm. and I think it gives us comfort too. When we walk through hard times, when we walk through death, when we walk through sickness, knowing that there is a God who weeps with us and yep. there's a God that, that mourns with us, yep. um, that is actually feeling it with us. Um, I remember when, uh, 
a little personal, but when I lost my, my dad, I remember mm-hmm. I just needed someone close to me. Yeah. I, I didn't need to talk about it. I just right. wanted someone that was right there that yeah. I could just be with. And knowing that that's the person of Jesus, that he just wants to be close. Yeah. He just right. wants the comfort. He, right. he, he, he mourns with us. He weeps with us. Um, it also just makes God so much more personable. Right. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, I love right. that God. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. not too high. He's not too, like, he's, he's yeah. right there with me. Right. I, I love that idea. This is not really about the book, but I, I, I love that idea that like in the person of Jesus, we see everything we need to know about God, you know, like that Colossians one calls him that he's the visible image yep. of the invisible God. Right. So this, this God that previously we've only like heard about, talked about, thought about, dreamt about like now in the person of Jesus, we see on full display. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, when you see Jesus weep, like it, it's not just that we hear a scripture of like God is close to the brokenhearted. It's like, Oh no, like he actually does sit with us and mourn with us and weep with us. And so, yeah, I just love that idea. Like on a grander scale it's like, man, if you, there's no way to know God except to look to Jesus. Yeah, and if right. you want to know what God is like, we see him perfectly in the picture of Jesus, you yeah. know, that, that in the person of Jesus, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell scripture says. So like everything about God is on full display. So, um, and that's what I, I hope some of this will do is like, put Jesus front and center for people that you would have to investigate the claims of Jesus for yourself and make a decision about what, what you believe. Cause the, the most important thing that about John chapter 11 is like when Jesus confronts, you know, Miriam or when the sisters confront Jesus is probably yeah. a better way to say it. You know, he says to, to one of them, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even though they die. Do you believe this? Hmm. And, and that's it. Like the, those four words are the central question of the story and really the central question of eternity. Do you believe this? Jesus makes this claim. He has the power to back up that claim with the miraculous. But ultimately, do you believe this is the most important question you will ever answer in your life. Yeah. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. But do you believe it? Because the only way to personally experience what Jesus has just displayed for others is for you to believe that he is your resurrection and the life. And so I love that, you know, Jesus is kind of front and center of the story. And really that's even going back to the I am statements. That's the focus of the book of John, right? Jesus makes a statement about who he is. People are forced to consider the claims of Jesus. And then he usually does a miracle to demonstrate that claim. And people you're forced to make a decision. So I think this story ultimately is about making a decision. Is Jesus the person that he claims to be? And will you allow that to make a difference in your life? Yeah, that's so powerful. I think this, I mean, we could just spend a lot of time talking and sitting in this space, this idea that Jesus is never surprised mm-hmm. with the moments in our life. And I was thinking about when he was on his way to the scene, the sisters approach him like, I can't, I mean, again, fill in the blanks a little bit, can't help but wonder if he's thinking about, I'm about to demonstrate resurrection, but first I'm going to enter into to mourning and sorrow. Yeah. As he would soon then know, like, just like this, yeah. I got to enter into the cross. Mm you know, like himself, uh, almost like a, a preview of what was to come for him. Yeah, um, for sure. You know? Like, yeah, two things about what you said. I'm sorry, but you got, you got yeah, me yeah. going. So like one, man, I love that he doesn't like rebuke her. I mean, she right. all out yells at yeah. Jesus. Maybe yeah. I'm reading it wrong, but she's like, where were you? Like, I thought you cared about us. Like, how come you didn't come? How come you didn't help? If you had only been here, my brother wouldn't be dead. And I think about all the moments in my life. I'm totally. like, God, where were you? Mm. How could you allow? Why is that? You know, and we are sometimes maybe hesitant to express those frustrations to God. I love that he doesn't rebuke her. He doesn't correct her. He doesn't scold her. 
He just listens to her. Yeah. And then he asks her a question of like, do you really believe that I am who I say I am? You know? And then, yeah, to, to your point, Tyler, like, obviously this is my favorite part of the story. I think we can, we can end here. Jesus is not the only person to, excuse me, Lazarus is not the only person in the new Testament to come back from the dead. Right? Like Mm -hmm. this is the premise of the book, right? So the, the idea is that when Lazarus emerges from the grave, he's still bound in his grave clothes, right? Like he's still wrapped up in the old life. We literally, we sing the song, but the song is wrong. We, he hobbles out because he's wrapped up in the old life. But that's not where God leaves him, right. right? He puts some people around him and says, take off the grave clothes and let him be free. And so we see two resurrections in the New Testament, Lazarus and Jesus. Lazarus comes back. He's still bound up, still held back, still yep. carrying the old life. Jesus, Come when on. he's raised Come from on. the dead, he leaves the grave clothes behind. Hmm. And so the idea is like you're, you're not raised in the image of Lazarus. You, you weren't called back to life to be held back by the old one. You're, yep. you're raised in the image of Jesus, and Ooh. Jesus leaves the grave close behind. Come on. So I just believe that, like, freedom is possible. Yep. I, I believe that we can have more than just eternal life in Christ. I believe we can have freedom in Christ, and, and that's what this is all about, right? Will you will you settle for everlasting life? Like, you're, you're going into heaven. You, you know, you check the box. You're good. Uh, God wants to do more, right? And yeah. I think a lot of people, if I'm being honest, maybe the primary struggle of Christianity— uh, is that people are alive in Christ, but they still look and smell dead. This book is about discovering freedom in Christ and the new life that he's called you to. And I hope people will experience it because it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. I love that. And, you know, the book of John, uh, so many amazing uh, scriptures, but John 10, 10, we say it all the time here at Christ Fellowship that, yeah. um, that we have a life that is free, a life that is abundant, a life that is fulfilling, and it's found in the person of Jesus. And uh, Pastor Ryan, thank you so much for, uh, number one, writing this yep. resource, um, taking the time, um, 10 years uh, in the making that uh, people can experience the freedom in Christ that is found in him. And uh, thank you for taking time just chatting um, today as well. I am excited for season five. I know that as we go through Unbound, that there's going to be so many revelations for people that yeah. they realize that they can live a life that is free and Amen. a life that is full in Jesus. Amen. But uh, young and adulting, this has been an incredible conversation. We're so grateful again for Pastor Ryan. And as we continue season five, we're going to have a couple of our CFSEU, Christ Fellowship Southeastern University college students joining us on the podcast as we walk through uh, this book together. So if you're not tuning in next week, you better tune in because we want you to be a part of the conversation. We want you to be around the table. And at Christ Fellowship Southeastern University, we have so many opportunities for internships and to get your degree and to learn, man, how can you put the skills that you're learning in the classroom, in the practical ministry, and make a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. But young adulting, we're so excited for season five. Pastor Ryan, thank you again for helping us kick it off. And hey, we'll see you guys next week. We love you and stay tuned for more. It's going to be a great season. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.